0: add on this sort of layer of compassion and kindness that will still create beautiful sales and probably sales that are going to be with the right people. Hey everyone, I'm Emily
1: Reagan and you've discovered Unicorns Unite. This is a podcast for freelancers, service providers, virtual assistants, and curious listeners who would like to experience the freedom and flexibility of working virtually. We're the magic makers, movers and shakers, and the real people doing the work behind the scenes of online businesses. Welcome to Unicorns Unite. Before we jump into the podcast, here's a message I want you to hear. If you're a virtual marketing assistant, it's not just enough to understand the technology. It's not enough to be in the minutiae of your client's business. The expectation now is that you can write supporting copy for your client's thought leadership. Every business right now is marketing around ideas, concept, and dreams, and you have to be able to help your clients articulate this in order to make any kind of money and deliver value as a marketing assistant. You have to understand basic copywriting to be successful. Do you need to learn how to write a novel? No. Do you need to set your services up as a copywriter? No. Do you need to be able to write a complete long-form sales page? No. But you need to know how to sell yourself as a writing assistant, be able to write blog posts, show notes, social media captions, client emails, pull quotes, Email sequences, you need to be somebody who can support a business owner's dream with skilled copy. And that's why I convinced my friend, copywriter Michelle Hunter, to reopen her Virtual Writer course. There's only 20 spots. If you want in, join the waitlist at emilyreaganpr.com slash virtualwriter. That link is in the show notes. Now let's move on to our episode. Hey, welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Emily Reagan. I am so excited to have you here because we have just started a copywriting podcasting series. So if you haven't listened to the previous episode, number 145, we have Marisa Corcoran over there talking about storytelling within copy. And this is so fun because copywriting is a requirement. You need it for your business. As a self-employed business owner, you need to be able to market and message your own services. But we're also helping this within our services that we provide for clients. So even if you are a tech VA and you are putting together pieces of emails and thank you pages and landing pages, you still need to be able to know copy. You need to know when it sucks and you need to know when it's good. You need to know when to advise your clients to bring in the big guys. You also need to know this because you'll be able to predict if their launches and if their courses, if their products, if their services are going to sell. You need to know copywriting. So today on the show, I have brought a guest, Kim Keel, here to talk about the five C's of copywriting. Kim mentions quite a few copywriting resources for you, and you can find all of those links in the show notes, including her podcast, where you're going to get these bite-sized tips that are really good. But here's the bigger thing. It's so easy to feel like we need to step out and buy another course and buy another thing. But Kim brings books here. She talks about formulas we could read. You don't always need to buy a course. So much of copywriting is going to come from you taking the time to analyze, to see what your clients are putting out there, paying attention and creating awareness as to what's working and what's not working. As digital marketing assistants, specialists, and freelancers, Our job is sometimes to queue up the copywriter and queue up our clients with better messaging. And we're doing that in so many different ways. We talk a lot about this inside my course, Unicorn Digital Marketing Assistant School, and we go even deeper inside my digital marketers work group. Where I might add, Kim has a stellar training about welcome sequences. I know that I have struggled so much with this copywriter's mindset and feeling inadequate when you look at all these copywriters who have been around for years who have all these big accolades or they call themselves the million dollar sales page writer or they have books or they've worked with really big names. But the truth of the matter is we can't get stuck on this comparison game. It starts here and now with you doing the right thing by wanting to learn copywriting. This doesn't mean you need to go off and charge $20,000 for a sales page after listening to this podcast, but this is going to elevate you and pull you out of the sea of virtual assistants and OBMs and tech VAs and other specialists who don't know copy. And there's so much power in realizing there's different ways to do things, right? How one copywriter might break it down might be different than someone else. It is subjective, That's why it's hard. That's why we get stuck comparing. And if you can help your clients get better, step into this role with where you are now, if you can make little changes that Kim talks about running their copy through her 5C formula, you are on the right track. And I'm proud of you for listening and investing in yourself. All right, let's jump into our interview with Kim Keel. First, a little bit about Kim. She is a direct response strategist and founder of a boutique copywriting agency, Kim Kill Copy. She has 15 years of writing for multi-six-figure campaigns for business owners, for small businesses and nonprofits. She specializes in helping brainy brands and experts share their gifts and make a positive impact in the world. And she has a knack for instantly capturing a client's voice and writing elegantly persuasive copy. When she's not nerding out on sales psychology in her home of Edmonton, Alberta, you can find her tromping through the Canadian wilderness with her kids, continuing her quest to find her favorite whiskey. All right, let's jump into the interview with Kim. Hey, Kim, welcome to the show. I'm so glad you're here. Hey, Emily, thank you so much for having me. I have been wanting you on the show forever since we met in March of 2020. We all know what happened there. We met at a copywriting conference. You came into my work group earlier this year and taught an amazing session on welcome sequences Mm -hmm. and... I paused a little bit on my podcast over the summer. And then I'm like, I got to bring Kim back. I got to bring her back. You have such a powerful story. You just are so generous with what you teach. And so I'm excited to learn how you became a freelance copywriter and what that you know shift was for you. And then also you're going to share some copy tips with us at the end.
0: So why don't we just tell everyone who you are a little bit about you, where you live, all the good stuff. All right. Thank you so much, Emily. I remember sitting next to you at that conference way back. It feels like a decade ago, doesn't it? It's crazy. So much has happened. Anyway, uh, my name is Kim Keel. I am a sales copy strategist and a voice copywriter and a copy coach. So I do a few different things. Primarily, I work with women business owners to help them identify, hone, and amplify their voices so that they can show up with more confidence, write copy, get it out there, stop overthinking, quit being overwhelmed because I know so many of us struggle with like just that constant overthinking when we're trying to write. So I help them like calm that sort of drama around it so they can get their words out there. They can find clients. They can make a difference in the world. I do all of that from my little home office here in Edmonton, Alberta, where it is snowy for about nine months of the year. I always get jealous when I'm watching your Instagram feed and you're like, Oh, we're still at soccer and it's outdoors. I'm like, we've been indoor. (laughs) We've been indoors for weeks already because there's no such thing as outdoor soccer in November, which is when we're recording this. Oh my gosh. I'm so ignorant. Do you have mountains there? Like, can you
1: ski, do you snowboard or anything?
0: I'm a downhill skier and the mountains are about four hours away from us. But yes, we ski uh, multiple times a year. And my kids have a, you know, a pass to the local, like a little hill here.
1: Oh my gosh. I'm so jealous. We just booked a weekend trip. And by the time this podcast comes out, we will have skied but it's like six hours away and it's already $7,000 into this, like, you know, four day week. And I'm like, what is going on? And I just miss it. I miss it. So when you talked about snow, I was like, you know, thinking positively about the perks of that, but Oh my God.
0: And and just being in the mountains, there's something so magical about being in the mountains. I get some of my best ideas and energy when I'm enveloped in these beautiful mountains. And I just feel like a part of the landscape. I feel like a part of the universe. So I'm I know you're going to have an amazing time on your trip.
1: Oh my gosh. That's how I felt in Sedona, just coming from the Midwest coming from being in the South for the last like chunk of time, something about mountains. I don't know what it is, but Mm. I will never take them for granted. They're just so, they're just so inspiring and I love it. I love Mm. that. We went to Sedona for a business trip and a business retreat. And that was my goal was to, to make it there. And I just kind of steered that little trip. I was like, this is Emily's bucket list. So I was just happy to do that. Okay. I I know we're digressing here. Tell us what you were doing before you became a copywriter. Tell us this story about how you
0: pivoted. So for about 15 to 17 years, not to like give away my age or anything, i was working in the nonprofit sector i was also working a little bit in the environmental community both for government agencies working as a frontline educator and interpreter i actually had a job where i would write musicals and make costumes and i would sing songs about nature and one of them was actually where i got dressed up in like a grizzly bear scat costume with like a little jazz toupee or a little like a little hat with a little swirl on top. And I sang the bear scat song. So that is sort of what my foundation is, is translating science and information in a way that people can understand it. So over time, I kind of stayed in that environmental field, but transferred into fundraising and fund development for nonprofit agencies where I started to write grants, write fundraising letters, learning uh, all of the skills of direct response, but applying them to charity and having to really tap into the empathy, emotion, tell stories and get people to open their wallets. So I did that again, as I said, for about 15 to 17 years. And then, oh gosh, it was about five years ago now I was working at a day job. I was only working part-time because I still had two quite little kids, but I was commuting every day downtown. And although I don't live like a major metropolis, it was still, you know what this is like. When you're commuting away from your kids, you constantly feel like you're late for everything. Like I was late to drop them off at the day home. I was late to get to work. I was late to pick them up from school. And I just felt like I was dying, basically working this, like a great job where I felt like I was making impact, but it just wasn't worth it anymore. And I remember one day I dropped my kid off at the day home and she was like, oh, by the way, I'm not going to be around for the month of September because I'm going back to my home country. And it was like my whole world imploded because my littlest was starting kindergarten and I had lined up for her to like do this special drive and arrangement for me. And she was like pulled the rug out of me and I bawled all the way to work. I basically walked into my boss's office and quit on the spot and yeah, well, I mean, I had been percolating about leaving Mm -hmm. and trying this sort of like, can I go out on my own a little bit? And my husband was finally like, yeah, let's do this. Even if we go into debt, we need to try letting you, you know, hang your own shingle out there. So I quit. And they actually became my first client because they were like, please don't go. We created a brand new sort of position for me that was very compartmentalized. And yeah, about five years ago, they were my first client. And then I started bringing on other clients, local, usually through referrals. And then over time, joining different communities, getting involved in different group coaching programs and different quote unquote masterminds. And in there meeting a network of people and being able to work with them and invite them to work with me. So that is sort of like in a nutshell, how I became a freelancer. Oh my gosh, that is so fascinating. And
1: I, can I just ruin the ending here? You told me that your annual salary, can you
0: tell me the quote, like, how does it end? So now I'm making around $250,000 a year, which is practically like quadruple the, amount. like basically... My annual income has now become my monthly income. So, like, oh my God, pretty crazy. Okay. Sorry. I like totally asked that question awkwardly,
1: but that's just who I am. So, I also came from the nonprofit area. And my last full time job, I was a PR and communications director. I made 40,000. And I mean, the job before that, also nonprofit, I made 40,000. Yeah. And I loved the work I was doing. But everything you just said was so true. And then to realize as a military spouse, I was just going to leave it anyway. Like there was a deadline expiration date. And I just thought, why am I doing this? I would drive home at lunch and breastfeed my firstborn and 20 minutes here, 20 minutes back. And I just was like, what am I doing?
0: It's exhausting. The mental and emotional load Mm -hmm. is exhausting. And even though, you know, we feel like we're having an impact with these organizations and agencies and they are very deserving of our time and talents. The reality is like when you have small children, it's just so hard to make it work. And so for me, becoming a copywriter and freelancing was my way of being able to still have impact. I'm still working for very mission driven women business owners. I still have a couple of charity clients that I keep every year. And so I'm still being able to have that same impact and also an income and freedom oh my gosh, the whole shebang. That's amazing. How did you
1: get your previous work as your first client? Did you just pitch them a package or what happened?
0: Well, it was like, I I can't do this anymore. I can't commute. I need to quit. And they were like, please don't quit. How can we make this work? And so I just said, well, I could work three days a week. I could work, you know, mornings while my kid is at school and I would be responsible for, for these kinds of things. I can come into the office and have a meeting with you one day a week. And so we just kind of created it. Also with like the intention that like, if this doesn't work, we can, you know, say goodbye. But it worked out for a good nine months I, I did that. Oh my gosh. That's
1: amazing. So like on the spot, you're just thinking of like everything it would take to keep working. Right.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I probably went in there with like a best case scenario in my mind. <laughs> okay. And
1: okay, Yeah. Wow, that's so awesome. And then this day and age, of course, with the pandemic, this is more common. This is more attainable for a lot of us who have a position that can be remote now. I mean, this has showed us that this is possible. So this is amazing. Okay. So I want to go back to what you said with how you help business owners. Like you have a heart for the small business owner. I love that. I can remember being in PR and my first freelance projects were writing press releases for the little guys. And it just felt so good to help them, to help get their message out there. And then here you are helping with copy. And we see this as digital marketing assistance. We see this in our clients. Like they're handling a lot of battles, having to be visible in their business, and then the struggle to write is real. It is very, very real. And I meet so many business owners who we cannot find enough writers in our business, which is like super strength if you're a unicorn and you can do this. So that was kind of why I wanted you here on the show to share us some tips. You were so amazing in the work group sharing your welcome sequences, but let's talk a little bit about this writing mindset because, like, why? Why are we so stuck on this why is it so hard for people
0: well i think because we were taught how to write in like english 10 20 30 or whatever numbers you learned when you were going to school even at university we were taught very formal ways of writing being grammatically correct and i think that you know we all probably have a little bit of like overthinking and trauma around it also when you read things on the internet you just think you know some things sound really good something sound really bad you just don't you don't really know how to find your way and then people are telling you all the time like oh writing is so important it's like you have so much writing to do when you're a business owner and you have to get it right in order to have these sales and that may be true, but it doesn't have to be hard. And for me, I used to be that person who would like spend hours agonizing over what to write. And even though I was a really good writer, it just took forever for me to get it done. So when I discovered copywriting formulas, which a lot of people like to frown on, it was like this whole like new world, like, oh, like the, the heavens (laughs) opened. It was like, I found this a golden key to unlock speed creativity, and sales is through these copywriting formulas. And so copywriting formulas, you've probably heard a lot of them like problem agitation solution, ADA, attention, interest, desire, action, the P4, picture promise, proven push. You just use these frameworks as a starting point. So when you sit down to write, you think, okay, I'm just going to use this formula, the P4, and you just start writing in that sort of formula so picture picture this picture imagine having a job where you could work from your desk and get up and throw another load of laundry into the into the laundry machine imagine how freeing it would be to not have to do that commute every day Mm -hmm. well that's exactly what's going to happen to you when you become a unicorn with emily reagan like so you paint that picture you make a promise you finish out the rest of the formula so when i figured out all of these formulas, it was like a whole new world unlocked. And so when I am working with my own clients one-to-one, I use these frameworks and formulas as a starting point. And then it gets, finished off, polished off and optimized. But even when I'm coaching smaller business owners who are working with me inside of my copy club, I I help them identify which formula would be great to start with and just start. Like don't overthink, just start. Grab this formula and just start writing because once you kind of take away and clear out that noise and say, okay, I'm, I'm gonna write A, B, C, And you write abc you're actually writing a little bit more creatively you have more opportunity for innovation and the metaphor i like to use is the whole pandemic because when we were under the pandemic how many innovations Happened because we were constrained. We were locked down, but all of a sudden all of our businesses that we were working for innovated. Lots of shops that we used to have to go in to get our order now offer delivery or curbside delivery. The same is true in your business. And when you're writing, if you can create a constraint, you will actually innovate and write more creatively. It's kind of this weird situation where you think it's going to make your writing sound very blah, but it actually helps unleash more creativity.
1: Interesting. I mean, I can see why it gives us a starting place. And I think so many people struggle with that concept of like the shitty first draft, right? Like just get it down, just get it out. Stop editing as you write. And I never thought of it as a way that would actually make it better and innovative. Like you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So what kind of copy are you writing most in your business as, as a copywriter?
0: I write basically three different kinds of copy. They're all sales copy. The first kind of copy that I write are voice guides. I'm certified codex voice persona. Oh, I didn't persona. know that. Yeah. Oh, maybe I didn't know that. I don't know. I doesn't don't know matter. Do. <laughs> it doesn't matter. So I have always had a knack for picking up voices. And I took that program just to sort of formalize and figure out like, how do I know how to do this? And obviously that program is fabulous and it unlocked a whole new area for me. So I typically write these voice guides for entrepreneurs of typically multi six, seven, even eight figure businesses, and they have a very strong voice and they just haven't been able to find. A copywriter who can mimic their voice and they spend so much time going back and forth in the editing phase that it's driving them nuts. So I'm able to create that voice guide for them that shows them how to write in the voice and keep in the sales and persuasion so that they can hire their teams and train their own teams or work with subcontractors. So that's one service that I offer. The other copy that I write primarily are website copy and launch copy or funnel copy. I work on a one-to-one project basis, or I work in a retainer situation. So I have a couple of retainer clients that I work with on an ongoing basis. One, I white label Facebook ad copy to them. So that's all I write is Facebook ad copy for all of their clients. And for my other ones, it's anything from like challenge funnels to welcome sequences to mini launches to nurture email copy. And then, yeah. And so, website copy is typically a uh, project. We just package it out as a project. So, which one's your favorite? I am in the middle of a web copy project right now and I love it. And I love it because it gives me a chance to really dig into the business owner and pull out their magic. And be able to present it back to them in a way that they didn't really know that that's how people actually viewed them. Like we can't see the package from the inside of the bottle, right? right? So being able to come back to them with a like messaging recommendations and some web copy that is showing them how amazing they are it's like this really special oh, moment love it of course like voice guides i really love writing voice guides for the same reason because i'm able to break down their voice and say this is your voice and this is what people are attracted to you so those two are my favorites for sure oh my gosh that's so fun i just
1: love like your big heart like it's always oozing yeah. out of you. hey i'm interrupting this awesome interview with an invite I'm hosting my first ever open to the public marketing roundtable. Usually, this is only for my digital marketing work group members, but you can come join us. We are having a two hour live panel discussion about all things launching. Remember that podcast series I just did? Yes that registration page is finally ready. So go to emilyreaganpr.com slash aroundtable and you can save your seat. You're going to learn from other freelancers who are doing the work behind the launches. They're going to share what's worked, what they wish they would have done, and help set you up for success to get involved in client launches. Go sign up and I'll see you on March 14th at 12 p.m. Eastern. All right, back to the show. Okay. So for anyone who's listening, who is new, I know when I first heard about copywriting and I came from the journalism world, like I was always a strong writer, but then this copywriting world just like blew my mind. I don't think I understood how much research and how much of the process went into it. So could you just paint a tiny little picture of what that's like? It's not like Kim just sits down and hammers out a website or about page or sales page. What does your, your copywriting process look like? 100%.
0: And in fact, when I was like sharing how to like take a, just take a framework and start writing, I was like, oh, but I'm missing this whole extra piece. So I'm so (laughs) glad that you asked that. Uh, Basically between 50 and 80% of any of my copywriting projects are research. It's me researching the existent my client. It's me understanding their offer. It's me interviewing their clients. I typically interview between three and five clients of theirs to hear like, What were you struggling with when you said yes to so-and-so? What was going on in your life that made you realize you needed help with this? What other things did you consider? What hesitations did you have when you were saying yes? And all of that becomes copy. So as I begin interviewing people looking online for similar competitors or even other courses in the same niche and reading some of the comments or testimonials or reviews that those people have, you start to see like what's very important to those clients. And then you uh, are able to really pick up some big themes about those clients. So, For example, I have uh, some realtor clients, local, and as I was interviewing all of their clients, they kept saying, oh, they were just with me each step of the way. I felt like they were with me one step at a time. And absolutely, on their website, we have multiple references to, she was there with us every step of the way. They held our hand every step of the way, because I realized that's their secret sauce and that's a huge selling feature uh, for them and their business. So you interview your customers and clients, and then you pull that into, these are the pains and problems that they're having. These are the solutions. These are the hesitations, and you can tackle that in the copy within the copywriting framework that you choose. That's awesome. So how can a digital marketing assistant help set you up for
1: success. So when our client's ready to, you know, hire the big gun to come in and make our copy better, what
0: could we do that so you can do a better job? That is a great question. In some of the situations that I've been in with working with people's team is to help find the customers that we are going to interview to sort of make a loose introduction, like, hey, you're going to be hearing from Kim. She's going to reach out to you and uh, set up an interview. It's totally chill. You know, like just making that little casual intro. It's also getting all of the copy files. So like copying over the nurture sequence, copying over any of the testimonials and case studies that you have, copying over the existing copy that you want refreshed. So it's, it's all of those pieces. And then also I've worked with team to deliver the first draft. So often like those eight figure business owners, like I give them the near perfect version, but I meet with their team first to be like, Hey, this is what I'm saying. Her voice is, do you agree or disagree? And they can be like, yes, this is great. Ooh, she's not really going to like that too much. So then I'm able to like, make sure it really nails it on the head by the time I present it to the business owner.
1: Oh my gosh. I love that. I remember when I was working with Jennifer Allwood and we hired a social media manager who was writing her voice and we didn't have those assets. She was 20 something and Jennifer was not. And she kept using words like inspo instead of inspiration. And I I just wish she would have asked me because I would have been like, that's not her. Like. I don't want to do that job, but I can tell you that's not right.
0: <laughs> like, and I think that's where the benefit of a voice guide comes in, because then you have this master document that's like, mm-hmm. do not ever use anything that a millennial would say if you're a Gen Xer, or if you're like, maybe you do, maybe you do say inspo, maybe you do say boo, maybe you, you know, you can actually articulate that so that when you have that person who maybe isn't quite at the same voice, can mimic it a little bit better. Yeah.
1: Well, I'm a Xenial, so I'll go either way, but (laughs) just kidding. Oh my gosh. That is so awesome. And also I learned a lot by watching the copywriters come in and and fix our sales page. And then I would get to make the changes. And so I learned a lot in that process by seeing the before and after was always very enlightening for me. And so that's a really good, really good tips because our marketing assistants are starting to see a future with a niche, a specialization. And I want to encourage you to start paying attention to copy. Sometimes we're checking over things. We're just making sure things are right. And we see things in passing. Sometimes we have to whip together a thank you page and our clients yeah. give us copy. I mean, there's this messy startup phase where you just have to be confident enough to just get it out and then like let your client QC it. It's ultimately their business. But I want to help my digital marketing assistants be better- be more knowledgeable about copywriting so they can see opportunities to strengthen our copy. And so I wanted to talk to you and you're going to share some copywriting tips.
0: Yeah, I've got the five C's for copywriting, which is a great way to, before you sort of submit your copy to your business owner or before you press publish, it's a great way to like, just make sure you have all of these elements in place uh, as you're going to write your copy. So the five C's is my take on what was originally called the four C's and it's by a famous copywriter and marketer named Robert Bly. He's written a handbook on copywriting, which is actually holding up my mic right here. This is his (laughs) book. Uh, So I always have it nearby. His four C's help you really understand how to write great crisp copy that will convert. So the four C's are clarity. You want to make sure that you are clear on your offer. You want to make sure you're clear and have clarity on your audience. Like who is your one reader? You want to write clearly. You want to make sure that you're not using too many words when you can just be using a few. So just being clear on your offer and your audience. You also need to be concise. That's the second C. When you are concise, it's encouraging you to have short sentences versus those really long sentences that so many of us have been trained, like write these compound sentences. That's great for an academic paper. It's not great for digital marketing. If you have a compound sentence, break it into two sentences. And that's like, if you're like, when you take this course, you're going to get X outcome. And you're going to discover how to why. Just break those into two sentences, create some white space on the page and your copy will be more easily read. Definitely think of being concise, kill your darlings, like that's (laughs) where we fall in love with like this great metaphor or great story. And you have to kind of sometimes you just have to kill those stories if they're not really pertinent to the sale the third element that you need the third c is credibility so especially when it comes to sales messaging you need to have credibility you need to show and demonstrate that your offer or solution works is there proof this is like including logos including data points including testimonials so when you're reviewing a sales page or a sales email do you have some of these credibility points on the page The fourth C is it has to be compelling. And this is where we make it, is it compelling to read? So are you being engaging in your writing? Are you using little uh, strategies like emojis, gifs, images? Are you telling story? Are you using a little bit of humor? Are you using self-deprecating humor? It's like, how do we make our writing more enjoyable and entertaining to read so that's one area of being compelling the other area of compelling is are we compelling our person to take action so often when we are writing we forget to tell people what to do so even on a social post you want to have some next step which could be tell me in the comments what you thought of this post hit like and subscribe or it could be even as much as click the link to book your free call so you want to compel a piece of action The fifth C that I've added to Bob Bly's 4C formula is compassion. I believe that especially today in a post-pandemic world, post-apocalyptic world, we need more compassion and kindness in our copywriting and it's sort of the foundation for being an ethical salesperson. So are you being kind in your copy? Are you showing empathy for your reader? So when you're kind of doing that pain agitation, you're not being mean about it. You're just really being caring and compassionate about it. Are you giving people enough time to make a decision? Are you using slimy sales tactics like countdown timers that really make people get them into fight or flight mode? Like, there are ways that we can just add on this sort of layer of compassion and kindness that will still create beautiful sales and probably sales that are going to be with the right people. You probably will have fewer chargebacks. You'll have reduced churn because you have allowed people the space and time to make a decision and come into your container with you. So those are the five C's clarity, concise, credibility, compelling, and compassion.
1: I love that you added the fifth one and that is so on brand for you, Yeah, (laughs) the compassion part. And we're seeing that. I mean, we're seeing that in the launch phase, people needing more time to make a decision and not this like fake sense of scarcity and urgency and shaming, right? And making people feel bad. And that's not who I am. And I never want to pressure someone, but you nailed it too. People who are in this like high stress situation to buy, they're not always our best students and clients and we don't get the results that we want. I don't know about you, but like, I have this bleeding heart for anyone who is working with me with a course or in my membership and I want them to succeed. Like, I don't want to see it not working out for them. So I love that that also calls in the right person too, when you come out of compassion.
0: It's heartbreaking, you know, I've been in a few different kinds of communities and some where they're really more sort of soul-based and some where they're more like this direct marketing approach. Yeah. And I can see like who comes into the community and they're like, because they were under that sort of high pressure, like excitement. This is the solution you've been looking for. This is the one size that's going to fit your all. And then they're not there after three months because they were not a good fit. It's because they felt pressured into the sale and it wasn't the right solution for them. So it's just heartbreaking because you put all this money and energy into your launch to attract people in, you want those people to be right fit. Yes. Oh my goodness. These were such good copy
1: tips. And I think we can, as unicorns look over our client's email, as we're formatting, as we're helping build out the pages or write the blog post, have all of that in mind. And you have more magnetic copy tips for us. Tell us about your freebie that you have for this audience.
0: So the freebie is like 15 pages of gold. If you ask me, (laughs) they are really short, snappy. And again, like if you are coming into working with a new client, you could probably just look through this magnetic copy tip checklist and see a couple of things that you could recommend to tweak right away and like look like a rock star. Uh, It's everything from like how much white space you have on the page, how to make your headlines show up, different kinds of copy formulas that you can use, uh, how to use bullets, the rule of one, the rule of you, all different manner of tips that you can use anytime you sit down to write or you're editing something that your client might've written. So that's one way you can get it at www.kimkeel.com magnetic. The other way you can get some really great tips is actually on my podcast, which is the ill communication podcast. And each episode is like five to 10 minutes. One tip, you get one tip, one writing prompt or one copywriting formula that's going to help you do your job better. And I think for a world of unicorns, like honestly, I think this podcast is great because if your client says, oh, write me an email and you're like, but what about, well, you can just pull a writing prompt and write that email. So you can get that also on my website, kimkeel.com slash podcast. So I was so excited when you launched that. And a couple of times I've gotten your emails and I just
1: forwarded it to Deb on my team who helps with emails, I'm like, go listen to this, go listen to this. She's probably so annoyed me. Like, just go like soak up all of Kim's advice because, you know, we love learning and this is such a like easy way to digest it. And I love that your podcasts are short. Unlike mine, mine tend to go on too long, but I love oh, you that. have some, you have some nice short ones too. I was noticing. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So do you have advice for a unicorn who's thinking about specializing in copy? Like what would you tell him or her?
0: So I would share sort of the path that I took to feel confident in my copy skills is I have actually invested a lot of money into different kinds of copywriting training. I've taken the certification programs from copy hackers, their copy school, which always is a great investment if you're willing to invest in that next level of copywriting. I can tell you from the clients that I work with, they are always looking for copywriters who understand that conversion element. So if you're willing to invest in that, absolutely do that. I would say read some of the great books like the copywriter's handbook. Another great book is called words that sell, which is a way to like infuse some really power words into your copy. There are so many resources out there that you can use to sort of help you elevate your copy skill. But at a, at a certain point, you just got to say, okay, I'm expert enough and I'm just going to start doing the copywriting and as you work with your clients you'll understand the process a little bit better you'll understand what kind of copy you like to write is it sales copy is it content are you more of a storyteller are you more of a sales copy person i think a lot of us tend to like overthink in the beginning and we're like i need to figure it all out right now and you don't you actually figure it out by taking action so when i first started i was working with all kinds of different projects every referral that came my way i would take And I would often regret a lot of those because it was just the wrong wrong fit client for me. But I was like, oh, well, this person referred me. That's like, I should really take it. But I've subsequently learned just calm down for a minute, sleep on it, and then decide if they're actually a good client for you. So as you deliver great work, people will want to continue working with you. I would say the copy school learning how to do conversion copywriting. And if you're really interested in voice, the Codex Persona voice program is also very, very good. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. We did have Justin Blackman mm-hmm. on the
1: show a while ago. So I yeah. can to
0: that and I have
1: sent my teammate through that to help me kind of identify my voice and be able to write for me. But this is all very meta. All of the copy tips you shared, the ones inside your freebie, the magnetic copy guide, we all can apply this to our outreach emails our portfolios, our own social, our own website. So just to say it very bluntly, like you need to know copy. If you are an independent contractor, you are a self-employed business owner and you need to be marketing and prospecting for yourself and your words matter. (laughs) they can make a difference. What I heard Kim say was start flexing your muscle now. Just start, just start.
0: And I think To keep in mind all of those assets that you just mentioned, your portfolio, your outreach email, your website. One of the most important rules that I can leave you with is the rule of you or the what's in it for me rule. Like when you're creating your portfolio, think about it from the perspective of your client or your potential client. Like you want to set that up so that you're like, Do you need website copy? Well, here is some website copy that I've written before, you know, just really position it to the benefit of the reader or the client that you're trying to attract everything, your website, your emails, put it through the lens of what's in it for the reader. And if you can't really answer that or if it's feeling a little bit too, I do this and I do that and I do this and I do that, it's not going to work. So definitely go back and just make sure that you've really, really understood who your reader is, what they want. And as you're messaging and selling your services, you're really touching on those points. Oh my gosh, that is such a good tip. Thank you for sharing that. Kim, it's been a
1: pleasure. Thanks for being on the show. I'll put the link to your freebie in the show notes, your podcast, and then where's your favorite place to hang out?
0: I am dabbling a little bit more in LinkedIn, but I would say I'm most active on Instagram. And like my personal Facebook is kind of where I just hang out and like it's not business related. It's just like yeah. personal. So if you want to like catch up personally, meet me on Facebook. If you want a little more professional tips, head over to Instagram or LinkedIn. And
1: then also since our networks are expanding with every podcast guest, are you looking for clients? What kind of business can we refer you? Because sometimes we know that that's not a copy we want to do and maybe Kim Kiel will do it.
0: So if it's a real challenging voice, like someone who has a really strong voice, either very like strongly aggressive, you know, badass, blah, blah, you know, that kind of a voice, or even someone who's really academic, real brainy, like psychologists or financial advisors have a really hard time with that kind of copy. I'm really great with those kinds of voices. Any female-owned business who is making an impact and making a difference. Those are the kinds of projects that I love working. working on. And also I am often looking for junior writers in my own business. So if there is, I was thinking about this this morning in the the shower, Emily, like if there is someone in your unicorn community who is looking for some mentorship and to start out as a junior copywriter and maybe has a bit of an aptitude for writing, like I'm also open to making connections that way.
1: Oh my gosh, that's amazing. And you're not the only one to think about me in the shower. So yeah. <laughs> don't sweat on that. <laughs> All right. Thanks for being here, Kevin. It was such a pleasure
0: as always. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much, Emily. All right. Thanks. Hey, thanks for joining
1: us. If you love this podcast, would you please share on Instagram? Would you tag Kim and I and let us know? Would you please send us a DM and tell us so? We thrive off of this feedback and even more so if you could take the time to leave a review. It always helps the podcast, makes me feel really good and I would love it if you hit subscribe because our next few podcasts are all about copywriting. I've got some big names coming in. We're gonna dive more into copywriting. There's a lot to cover. There's a lot to learn and I'm so glad you're here. If you're listening and you're nerding out on all things copywriting, I invite you to apply for the Digital Marketers Workgroup. This is my membership with freelance marketers, assistants, creative specialists, and managers. You can dive deeper into marketing over there, link arms with other freelancers, grow your network, expand your network, and take advantage of the job opportunities that we are sharing. All right, just put your application in. We'll be opening up the workgroup soon, and I'll see you next week. If you want to niche down in digital marketing, this is your guide. Just use the link in the show notes or go to emilyreaganpr.com slash services. Oh my gosh. Okay. I just like lost my train of thought for a second. I was going to ask you about... Um, Oh my God. Did that ever happen to you? Just like lose your train of thought? Oh, totally. I had like, such a good question. We were talking about copywriting checklist. You mentioned your podcast. Oh, goodness.
0: I'm sorry. It's just gone. It's just gone.